Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah. Feed the birds, tuppence a bag. I don't know why I always um, start off this podcast singing. I really don't know why that is. Apologies. Um, I hope you're all well. It is the Keith Walsh Podcast. It is... The something of the something, the 12th of January, as I sit up here in my lonely room, all alone, with nobody else on my own, which, to be honest with you, is quite nice today, because today was the first day of school from home. Um, Our setup here is me doing, like, whatever the fuck I'm doing, the odd podcast interview here, drawing things and uh, sending things out in the post my wife working hard uh, she's kind of taken over to be honest with you she's taken over this room here which is my podcasting room and I used to use it during the day but I've give I've actually if you listen to the other podcast with Mike I, I actually <laughs> it's obviously bothering me I mentioned it to him that uh, I've made way for my wife uh, her needs are greater than mine at the moment. Well, apart from uh, recording the podcast, I can literally do whatever I need to do down on the kitchen table, which is handy because that's where my son is doing his schoolwork. So this morning it was me and him both trying to do our work, him needing my help, me needing to not be helping him because I was doing other stuff. But we ma- we managed to get through and then I legged it out of the house to do very important stuff. At about one o'clock, so my wife had to take over to do the other work. And uh, yeah, we did a bit of a tag team parenting. wasn't too bad. Um, you know, we got through it. It's not ideal, but I mean, it's interesting if you've ever thought of homeschooling. This it'll give you a taste for it, and then then you'll know if it's for you or if it's for the child. Um, my son this doesn't love school, you know, so. It'll be interesting to see how he fares doing his work from home. Uh, he would maintain that he's not... He doesn't like like the atmosphere of the classroom or whatever, and that's it's not conducive for his level of work, you know. Um, 
they're just for work and so I'm kind of saying to now well this is your chance now to to give it a right right go anyway so I hope you're all well I hope you're surviving homeschooling or not uh, thanks to anybody who emailed recently got a lot of emails uh, from people from OGs original listeners the OGs people who've been listening from the start you can email me if you're listening now and it's still early 2021 and you can join the OG group the email address is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com and uh, I will read out some of the in the next podcast I'll read out some um, some emails from OGs because uh, I wasn't checking the 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 Keith Walsh pod email gmail address I thought was linked to my other email address <coughs> so I thought I'd see them but then I actually logged into the Keith Walsh pod this is an interesting story gmail account by accident and I was like oh my god look at all these OG emails that I missed so apologies if you sent me an email I am starting to read through them and I will read some of them out in the next podcast that I put up this evening which is me talking to my friend Mike about stuff that will go up tonight as well um, right now though uh, there's a thing on at the moment it's called First Fortnite Fortnite um, Fortnite is two weeks as Bernard O'Shea used to say um, what did they have to Fortnite Awareness Fortnite Awareness Week in Ireland Um I can't remember what the joke was, but that was the punchline. Anyway, punchline alone is funny. Um, yeah, it is first fortnight at the moment, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Go to firstfortnight.ie to find out what kind of events they've going on. Obviously, it's online. If you don't know what first fortnight is, it's a, it's a, it is it a mental health festival. I presume that's a good way of explaining it. But the idea behind it was was that the first two weeks. January started the second week in in January, but that those first two weeks, first three weeks, were very difficult for people. It was post Christmas. It was dark. It was difficult. People had um, difficulty getting through. So the idea between, behind first fortnight was to give people events to go to. Um, excuse me, music, art, uh, performance, whatever. Uh, you'd have something to go to. And a lot of the events were free. I don't know if that's still the case. It would be the case for a lot of them this year anyway. Uh, anyway, this is one event that you should watch. Uh, you can go to firstfortnight.ie to find out more. It's called My Story, My Song. And it's on the 17th of January. Uh, you can The ticket details are here. Pay what you feel. So you can donate some money or pay whatever you think uh, you feel like it's worth. You should pay a good whack for this particular line up for my story my song it says here want to hear a stellar line of Irish artists perform unique versions of the songs that have helped them through tough times join us for an intimate evening of performance discussion and personal sharing from 11 talented performers programmed and emceed by Mark Whelan at the event each artist will speak about the songs that have helped them through challenging times in their lives before performing a one-off version of a song that holds a certain importance to them. The full lineup is Christian Weathered, Danny Larkin, Jack O'Rourke, Jackie Beverly, Keely Moss, Laura Elizabeth Hughes, Mar- Maria 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 Kelly, Nilo, 
Stephen Murphy, is that the mighty Steph? I think it is. And Wyvern Lingo. So there you go, great lineup, 11 artists. And one I didn't mention is Emma Langford, because Emma is my guest, as you will have noticed from the description of the podcast. Emma Langford from Limerick um, is my guest on this podcast. Emma is, uh, I feel like I, I, it's weird because I interviewed her, we've never met before, but I I felt like I knew her from just following her on Twitter. And um, I've always thought she seemed very sound and I really enjoyed chatting to her. Uh, but it was kind of weird because I was like, why do I feel like I know you, but I don't know you at all. Uh, anyway, she was very, very nice to me and very pleasant. Um, Emma Langford is an Irish singer-songwriter from Cardavan, a northern suburb of Limerick City. She is best known for singing folk music and her vocal style has drawn comparisons to artists such as Joni Mitchell, uh, Janice Ian and Nora Jones. She released her debut album Quiet Giant in 2017, for which she received the Best Emerging Artist Award at the inaugural RTE Radio 1 Folk Awards. In 2019, she embarked on an international tour, making her US debut at the Milwaukee Irish Fests. Um, In 2019, she became the first ever recipient of the Dolores O'Riordan Bursary, an award created in memory of the late singer from Limerick to promote creative arts projects in the city. Uh, There is one particular song which I mention in the chat that you have to listen to if you haven't heard before. Um, And she will explain how that song came about. Uh, It's a brilliant story. Um, That's all you really need to know about Emma. I will come back and have a little chat with you and a few little details about the podcast and how to support the podcast afterwards. Um, Yeah, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is episode 51 of the Keith Walsh podcast and it's me, (laughs) Keith Walsh, talking to Emma Langford. Enjoy. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good. Emma has entered the room. <laughs> it says, um, I feel a bit dis- discombobulated because but we're in the same position. My wife uh, has taken over this office because she's working from home now as well. So she's, right. mo- she's moved the desk so the window's behind me. Ah. I like the light in my face, you know, because... Yeah, I'm the very same. I'm the very same. But this yeah. is where all the power supplies are at this side of the room for everything. So you, you have to be there. Yeah. I like your yeah. jumper. Thank you very much. It's very cozy. I got it in a charity shop a couple of years ago. Just one of those great finds that, God, I miss, I miss going into charity shops and just browsing around. It looks like a cable knit, is it? Um. Yeah, but it's like new look or something. It's not like a proper. <laughs> it's cool. It's very cool. Thank you um, very much. Thank you very much for joining me. I've already started recording, if that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we're on. I'm always I on. I haven't said anything incriminating yet, have I? Not yet. No, I'm always okay. on. Uh, congratulations on your uh, performance on w- with Tommy Tiernan. That was that was amazing. Um, oh, cheers. How did you feel it went? Good. Yeah, it was really um, really strange because so when we were recording the album, every vocalist. We were doing it the, the COVID way back in 2019. Everyone recorded separately from their own homes um, because everyone was coming from different places and had different, you know, different situations. Um, so um, we had never all sung the song together live ever. 
Um, so on the day of recording, we had to arrive into RTE. We all had to arrive in separately. We weren't allowed to travel together. We had to be separated out for rehearsal. So um, obviously we can't rehearse over Zoom so that because that just doesn't work. And so it was just a case of really clear communication in the lead up to it. And then on the day itself, we were all separated out with uh, these partitions. So even rehearsing, we were all really far apart. And uh, and then when we got into the space, performing it with the lights and the cameras and everything, that's a whole other level of <laughs> of tension. But it was I, I feel like it went really well. I got a much kinder response than I would usually expect from an appearance on Irish TV. Oh, wow. That's, that's been my just my experience as someone who's on Twitter a lot. Um, it doesn't matter, really, you know, it doesn't really matter how good you feel your performance went the internet will speak <laughs> um, and I think I had been really I've been really afraid of my, my this is my first time performing one of my own songs on a tv show like that I've done stuff with the Irish women in harmony as one of a group of vocalists and um with uh Stockton's wing as one of a group of vocalists singing someone else's song so then to be on national tv singing one of my own songs like that was really really special um, and I was really nervous about it. I was really scared, but people seemed to love it and put Birdsong back in the charts there in the past couple of days, which was great to see. So it was it was excellent. It was brilliant. Uh, I loved. I mean, you know, it's it's is is a cappella the right? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we had a drone going just for pitch in mm, the background. Yeah, because I didn't trust myself to stay on pitch, but uh, the song is an a cappella song. Uh, it's intended to be. Um, which is like when it came out first, the fact that like an acapella feminist folk anthem did as well as it did blew me away. That was really cool. So what's the idea behind the song then? Because everybody involved in the performance on the night was female. Mm. It's written about women for women. Yes. Um, well, it's, it is and it isn't. It's um, so the song itself was kind of inspired by there's this old Scottish tradition called walking songs in the, in the kind of the folk Celtic tradition of just that side of things. Um, so the way they work is and I don't know if you could even call it folk per se, but anyway, um, women would sit around a table and they would a walking song. So it's not W-A-L-K, it's W-A-U-L-K. Um, and a walking song is another word for a working song, basically. Yeah. Um, and what it involves is they'd all have a tartan, um, freshly made tartan that would be quite tough. And all the women around the table would beat the cloth off of the table to soften it in this rhythm. Um, so you'd have this like dum, 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 dum kind of rhythm they'd all keep together. And they'd usually have songs just the same way sea shanties work, just to keep the rhythm going and to pass the time and to entertain themselves and to, to share stories. So an, an, a walking song would be a song that would be sung by all these women um, who would usually divide the labor between themselves. And one woman would sing the lead vocal on a verse and then everyone would come back in for the chorus. So I learned about this tradition years and years ago during my degree and loved it. Just thought it was really cool. Um, love the idea that song allows us to work and using the rhythm that way. I just found it fascinating. Um, the day that I wrote Birdsong itself, uh, I wanted to write something it was kind of a catharsis for me. I wanted something that was going to 
been my rallying cry, my battle cry, sort of against feeling like shite, basically. Just looking in the mirror and just kind of going, no, nah, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do the music thing. I can't do the getting up and getting showered and getting dressed and getting out of the house thing, which I think a lot of people are feeling <laughs> at the moment. Um, but this was written back in 2016. And this traditional format of song felt like the perfect medium to express that through um an opportunity a vessel for a load of women to come together and sing together something that was easy to follow easy to sing along with um and empowering so when i put it out there it was i mean yeah it's dedicated to women it's written by a woman it's sung by women but it's for everyone like it's for anyone who's ever felt that sense of i can't do this and something in the zeitgeist in the air in society is telling me I can't do this and this is my way of saying I actually feckin can so that's the long answer to a short question that's the short version <laughs> um, so what was going on in 2016 with you that you didn't feel like uh, you could do keep doing the music I presume in particular or just life Everything really. Um, it was just one of those weird transitory times for me. Um, I had finished my undergrad. I was in this weird limbo space. I was working in a cafe. I had just come home from traveling. So myself and my boyfriend had gone traveling South America for six months. And during that uh, journey, <laughs> not not like a metaphorical or spiritual journey, journey, but just an actual physical traveling time um I went on a, a little bit of a, a, a metaphorical journey too and I, I kind of I, I was sitting on a, on a bus one day during the trip and I turned to him and I said I know this is gonna sound ridiculous but when I get home I don't think I'm gonna go back into music and he was devastated because he kind of lives vicariously a little bit through what I do in my music and he loves kind of seeing how it evolves and flourishes and the idea that I wouldn't pursue that when it was all lying ahead of me still 2016 I hadn't really pursued anything um and then I got home and I was I got a text from my local venue Dolan's and they asked me if I would open for this guy Ben Kaplan who is this amazing Canadian artist and I was like yeah, yeah sure look go on I'll do I'll do the old support slot for the I'll crack and this once yeah <laughs> I'll give you the freebie go on um but I I went in and I I remember sitting in the room watching him and the way he connected with his audience and the way his songs channeled something deeper from somewhere else. And it was really inspiring to watch. And he was so approachable and so lovely and so kind and looking around and seeing how everyone in the room, like I'd never heard of Ben before I'd been asked to do this supports a lot. And then I was sitting there and watching this all happen and seeing how everyone in the room loved him and, and I was just blown away by it and how, you know, you don't have to be um, you don't have to be world famous. You don't have to be um, known in, in every circle. You don't have to be getting daytime radio play to have a connection with a room full of people who want to hear your music. And I came away from that and, uh, you know, I was having a, a bad week anyway. I, I'm prone to anxiety, prone to kind of depressive um, peaks and troughs. And just this one day the same day that I wrote another song tug of war uh bird song just kind of flowed out of me as my way of kind of going you know the the stuff that's 
deep inside me, the stuff that makes me who I am is more important than the stuff that I share with the world. And so long as I hold on to that, so long as I hold on to what's at the core of my being, I'm going to be as strong as that. So, um, so that, that was, yeah, it was a, it was a strange time, a really strange week. And, you know, you're, I think it's hard when you rely on social media and stuff to sort of survive in this industry. It means you're seeing what everyone else is doing all the time. And it's that common problem like everyone is putting out the best side of what they do an awful lot of the time and yeah there's more sharing of the negative and the mistakes and the failings as well but we're still being bombarded with what everyone else is doing great with um and it was just a week when that was particularly bad I think I don't know why but I was very very close to throwing in the towel on the music and going doing something else and this one gig kind of turned it around for me and writing a couple of songs kind of turned it around for me as well so it is interesting yeah. that when you're, you know, as a young person, you feel like, like I would always say to my daughter plays Gaelic football and I would just say, I love the fact that she plays Gaelic football. You know, she wasn't on the, uh, you know, she didn't make the Kildare team yet. You know, she might, she's, she's only 18, but it's the fact that I just love the fact that she plays football and she's a member of a team and she goes training and you know, it's, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of young men who feel like if they're not going to, you know, play for Manchester United, they stop playing football, you know. And there mm. is that thing with lots of professions. And I presume you kind of, you know, there's a little bit of that with music, like unless you're going to be the best, what's the point? Sort of, you know, when you're young and you don't realize that. But there's so much more to it than and also being the best. Doesn't last that long and it's not that mm. fulfilling and. I've mentioned this, I mentioned on the podcast before, I, I remember listening to a podcast with Moby and uh, I, I presume you've heard of Moby. I, I I, I'm not I that old, am I? Um, <laughs> when he was at the height of it, he was so famous. It was a huge hit everywhere, worldwide. He was massive. He was, he was in New York. He was staying in this, this hotel that had two two massive penthouses on the top floor. So the top floor is just two penthouses, okay? One of them, and you can imagine the penthouse, he's one of the most famous people in the world at the time. It was, you know, several rooms and probably a swimming pool and all that at the top of a, of a skyscraper in New York. And the other penthouse, Madonna was in the other penthouse. So he's, he's staying in this penthouse, literally on top of the world in New York. He said he never felt, that was like the lowest moment in his life. He never felt so so lonely, so sad, so just depressed. So that was when he was at his the peak of his fame, he was at his lowest as a person. And he quickly tried to get away from yeah. that. But it's just interesting that we we you know, when you're young, you just think this is this this looks great, this would be fantastic. And also also sometimes you see artists come along and you're like, God, I wonder where um I wonder what happened to I don't know. Nancy Griffith or something you know because you know and it, it would be easy for us to say well Nancy Griffith she was famous and then she just she just disappeared then she probably just you know stopped singing or whatever now Nancy Griffith didn't decide to be to have a hit worldwide a song just became a hit worldwide Nancy Griffith stayed being Nancy Griffith doing whatever she was doing you know and all that kind of stuff is lost on people sometimes that sometimes the world just focuses on a moment in someone's life and they become famous. 
It's not mm-hmm. really the other way around. So they, yeah. the person doesn't go anywhere or they don't arrive and go, hey, I'm going to be, uh, this, is, this is my hit song. You know, so it's, it's, it's I find mm-hmm. it fascinating, uh, you know, as I get older, when I start noticing these things, because uh, oftentimes with music, and I'd imagine with you, it's the joy, the joy is in the process. I mean, if you take that song, Bird Song, so you're saying, you're talking about 2016 when you wrote it, and then it was only this, the other night, you performed it for the country on live TV. So that's a journey. Let's use the word journey again. (laughs) I don't know what kind of journey it was, but it's a five-year journey and a process. And so many things have happened to that song. And so many Mm. people have been involved. And I I interviewed Luke Bloom recently. He said, it takes a village to release an album. Oh, yeah, a very wealthy village. But but he even meant... (laughs) He even meant because I've noticed with you, you 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 do a lot of uh, you know you 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 you're down the post office a good bit. You know what he was saying was it takes a village to release an album because somebody has to go down the post office and send out the copies of the album, and you know you you call in and you you get to know the people behind the counter in the post office, and you know that's that's not even talking about the the people behind the desk, the producers. So I don't know if that's a question or. <laughs> It's just a uh, statement. It's just a um, statement. Yeah, well, I just have I just a lot to say to myself. <laughs> really interesting. Moby is a really interesting character. I read about him. Um, Are you going to get on with the, him? It's the weirdness of Moby. <laughs> well, no, he's he's really interesting. I have this book. I have this book, and this book has been my bible for years. It's called Inside the Music, and it's all these little kind of biographical insights into different artists, their creative process, their take on spirituality, all this stuff. And Moby's a Jesuit. Um, which I found really interesting because I hadn't really encountered that faith at all. But someone who just, you know, doesn't strictly follow Catholicism as it is, but believes in Jesus and his work and that he was a sound lad, which I think is kind of nice. By all accounts, he was a good guy. Um, And uh, yeah, he has all these really cool stories about how he had like a family of cockroaches living in his apartment um, because he wouldn't kill them he felt they had as much of a right to exist there as he did so he just left them off and let them create their little home on top of his wardrobe and I was like I mean I wouldn't wouldn't go that far Moby but cool I love it um but yeah he's he's uh he's interesting that that side of things that whole thing of being up in your penthouse on top of the world with your pool and your Madonna next door and all that stuff I think that's it's really interesting because there is a real sense of like a stark a stark contrast between the outward the outer stuff the the world you surround yourself with the the wealth the extravagance the stuff that you don't necessarily ask for that you wind up surrounded by maybe when you're I mean look not speaking from personal experience by any means but um that that experience of emptiness because you haven't maybe um invested enough in what you actually want in what actually makes you happy um through like all along that journey at every stage you need to be kind of finding what you need within yourself as opposed to what what's happening out and around yourself and I think when you do get to that point of you know colossal world fame that stark contrast of not feeling it like you know you're you've got you've got whatever what everyone wants you know supposedly and you're not happy I think that there's a real and you probably see it with a lot of like big huge stars like that where they just don't they're not they're not experienced like <laughs> a very very small microcosmic example of it for me is is doing like big tv things or getting uh, a song in the charts or or whatever and 
if I'm not in a place in my own head that week where I'm happy and I've done stuff that fulfills me and, um, you know, I, I, I haven't found happiness in myself around that time, those experiences and those successes ring really hollow for me. Um, and people come to me like, you're so, you must be so excited. It must be so amazing. And again, the contrast of not actually feeling it is, is harder than than not having the success and being like down because <laughs> it's kind of there's an expectation on you to be to be relishing in it and to be as happy as you could possibly be and you're mm. not you're not achieving that so it's it's a weird one um and there's this there's all this pressure to be happy all the time and be excited all the time as well which is fucking nonsense um but the luca's comment about taking a village definitely 100 percent um and you, having to be that village for yourself is is very very hard um but it's rewarding as well I've kind of said it from day one like it's really nice being the bottle washer and being the chef and being the waiter and owning the hotel um you know there's something really nice about doing all that stuff and then down the line when you can take people on to help you you have more value for their work and you understand what it entails and you recognize why things might take a little bit longer than you hope they do sometimes because you've been there and you've done it and you recognize what work goes into it um, I think Luca definitely is in a very similar boat a few a couple of years further down the line than me just just one or two he's, yeah. he's I'm not saying that you're old I'm saying that he's very young still <laughs> yes. um, I can't badmouth fellow Newbridge man that's that would no, be terrible um and do you think because there's, there's a ter- there's an awful there's an awful moment when you're in your when you're young when you realize that you're 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 on your own um like say for instance if you wanted to make it if you if it's your decision to make it in the music business or to make a career out of music or out of being a singing a singer it's your decision where you pitch that where you decide you want to live whether you want to be you know whether you want to do gigs down the pub on a friday night whether you want to play the olympia whether you want to be on television you know, you've got to decide where you want to pitch that and how work, how hard you want to work and how hard you want to push yourself. But it's difficult when you realise that all of that is just, no. <laughs> there's no Louis Walsh going to come along and, you know, get your, you know, get, get you in the, in the tanning salon, get you, you know, get you <laughs> the, the, the blonde highlights and the white teeth and, you know, all of that, all of that, all the work is going to come from yourself. So, mm. I mean... You, you obviously, you went from almost giving it up to, you obviously made a decision, okay, I know what this entails, I'm scared, I nearly didn't do it, but let's have a fucking crack at it anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you have to have a really strong sense of why, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it to, to get onto that stage? Are you doing it so that, that someone's going to come along and and do your tan and highlights and teeth for you or you know what's your kind of motivation and I think that takes constant reevaluation. so like um the lovely thing is growing up in Ireland Ireland is a very very small place and if you are passionate about what you're doing you have a really strong sense of your purpose um people will flock to you and will gather around you and will support you in that if you're really you know really clear-cut about you know this is what I'm doing this is who I am I'm going to be honest about it and I'm going to express my passion about it at every possible opportunity people are drawn to that and it's amazing and the nice thing with growing up somewhere like Limerick as a female folk singer songwriter is there's not that many of us here 
So uh, I had a really nice bit of support from local media, local press who were going to push me along and, and keep me going and keep the buzz going around my work, which is fabulous. And I'm so, so grateful for it. Um, but at the end of the day, like if, if you're not clear about why you're doing any of that stuff, um, again, a lot of that rings hollow and it's not sustainable and it doesn't go anywhere and doesn't take you to where you want to go. Um, you're doing kind of constant interviews that um, are the same questions over and over again as well as a result of that. So because of uh, what I do and how I do it, um, I'm very lucky that I get lots of um, journalists coming along asking me, uh, especially during the pandemic, like, um, you know, talk to me about making art during the pandemic. How does it feel? You know, are you are you writing? What's all, all this stuff over and over and over and over again, which can f- feel a little bit torturous. Um, but it does force you to assess and reassess and reassess everything you're doing on a weekly basis and why you're doing it, which is deadly. And I think it's like something that all artists should, even if you're not getting media attention every month, you should sit down and do a cheesy interview with yourself about where you came from, what you're doing, why you're doing it. What was your latest work about? How are you proud of it? How do you feel about it? Where do you want to go next? Just all those questions that you get asked all the time by people that drive you nuts, but really do force you to actually like, you know, don't give the same answer every second time. It's not good enough to give the same answer this month and in three months time about how you feel about your work and where you want to go next, because you should be progressing and growing all the time. And I think those kind of little moments are really, really valuable for getting yourself to step back and actually look at what you're doing. Um, because it can it can get well this year especially last year especially can get quite repetitive and monotonous and you can lose a uh, sight of, of why the feck we're doing any of it you know well i better i'll scrap those questions about being an artist in lockdown, <laughs> then. that's them out the window that's 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 you've just cut the interview in half um, my job here is done <laughs> so i first came across your music when i was working on Radio 1 and your song was on the playlist, on the recommended playlist. So basically, if you're in Radio 1, you'll get a sort of a, you'll get a bunch of songs that are recommended for that week. And there's an Irish playlist and there's an international. And um, I think this is, I won't play it now, but I might play it in the actual when I put it, just a little section of it. Uh, The Winding Way Down to Kells Bay I just fell in love with that song. Oh, thank you. Where did, where did that song come from? Um, oh, God, I'm about to fucking depress you now, Jesus. Um, so I was in Kerry in 2018, I'm going to say. Yes, 2018, with my parents. Uh, we were in Carasavine, which is uh, where my granduncle Eamon lived. And we were visiting him for a week and... It's always really nice visiting him because the area is beautiful. And it was one of these very rare weeks in Ireland when the sun was splitting the rocks for the whole feckin' week. It was amazing. And I was like, all right, I haven't taken any time off work in a really long time. I'm going to head down to Kerry with my parents, visit my granduncle, take a few books, sit on the beach, relax, chill out. It'd be gorgeous. So while we were there as well, uh, we got to visit uh, his late wife's uh, grave. There was a blessing of the graveyard and, and he got to go to that. And it was beautiful and very emotional. 
got to visit all the like random places that he's so proud of because he's just a quintessential Kerry man. Everything is beautiful and amazing. And he wants to show everyone off to everyone else and, and get you to visit everywhere. So there's the Kells Bay House and Gardens, all these places. So we uh, we had a big sing song one of the nights in uh, Carter Savine, a little pub called The Corner House. And every month it's kind of it's run by a couple of local people. And every month uh, people bring one song each that they've learned off by heart that is from the area. So it's a way of kind of preserving the local folklore and the, the local tradition, which is fabulous. Uh, a lot of those songs wouldn't be transcribed or wouldn't be on record anywhere. So it's just a nice way of preserving them. Uh, so I was dragged along to this and I was, as I often am with those sessions, really reluctant to partake because um, I'm a blow-in. I'm from the city. I'm not from Kerry. I'm not local. Um, uh, but my grand uncle was one of these very typical uh, relatives that goes around to every single person in the town. It, it almost seemed like he'd gone door to door on a campaign saying, my grandniece is a singer <laughs> and handing them a copy of my CD sort of vibe like. And then so I came along to the session like, oh, she's the singer. Oh, there's the singer now. Oh, brilliant. She's brilliant. She's singing the song. So um, he was he was handed this little golden bell during the session so he was kind of the MC uh for the whole thing and he sat back in his little corner and he rang the bell when everyone was kind of talking too much to tell everyone to shut up and uh to say who would sing next kind of thing so he almost point the bell like <laughs> baton um so the night wore on and I kept being kind of nudged to sing a song and I kept saying no and eventually I took the guitar played one of my own songs lashed it out there and like right grand I'm done now there you go that's the song and he was fierce proud and delighted and naked look I did it and uh, sang harmonies with everyone else on their songs and it was a bit of crack and um, so the next day that so the way it works down there is he lives in this like little yellow cottage on a hill and the the, the cottage has a, a path leading down down the road there's this canopy of trees it's the the dark sky reserve in Cahersavine, so there's no unnatural light. So you've just got this beautiful, perfect black sky sparkling with stars. It's just, it's stunning. And uh, and so you come out of his house and you're walking down and you're just surrounded by these trees that are just older than anyone in the village. You know, they're just these incredible, beautiful trees that seem to know who you are and what you're doing there. And you walk down the road and you get to the sea and he would go down most days and he'd just walk into the water and he'd just float so the next day after the sing song he didn't really swim he just went and he floated himself and my dad would often potter into the water and they just he'd get a, a bunch of water in his hands and he'd wash it over his face and he'd breathe it in because he lost a bit of his lung when he was younger so he loves the the salt water for clearing out the lungs so the next day scorching hot carry day and uh, he went down into the water and um we, he was due to drive me to Killarney that day. I was, um, it was my last day of my holiday. So I was going to be heading back to Limerick. I was going to go and rehearse for the big Limerick artist did a big cranberries thing. We did a when you're gone video, which was beautiful. And I was set to head back to Limerick for rehearsal for that. Um, so I was cutting my holiday short and he was very obliging. He said he'd drive me to Killarney to get the bus. And so I was on the beach reading my book. He was coming down to the beach to go into the water. I went back up and I got my stuff together and uh, we were like, right, well, Eamon needs to be getting me to Killarney. So I, you know, we're waiting for him to come up and he was late. And then we got a phone call up at his house from someone down on the beach and uh, Eamon had taken a fall in the water, apparently. Um, so he, he'd gone into the water for his usual 
float and had a massive heart attack and uh, he was airlifted from there to Limerick Hospital and died a couple of days later um, and so obviously we had we'd been welcomed with open arms into the community there which was beautiful it's always really special when that happens in a small town like that where everyone knows each other and you're blowing and they just they just make you part of the family and I was really taken by that and then when the funeral happened I was asked if I would sing at it and I was you know I was going through songs that he loved and you know this beautiful song called the castle of Dromore and all these gorgeous old songs um so myself and his friend Sean Garvey who's a phenomenal trad musician played at the funeral together and he'd always wanted us to play together and we never had gotten a chance to up until that week and so then uh, I wanted to write something that in some way kind of captured the magic of a week like that of meeting those people of a community like that of a place like that that you you need to it's it's a film <laughs> like it's a book it's an entire it's an anthology you know there's there's no capturing that feeling um without being there and feeling it and seeing it but I wanted to write something that painted that picture for people and paid tribute to him because he was he was the place and the place was him it was in his bones so by having that song out there then in the following in the I, I sent a, a shite little phone recording of it to my parents with a picture of his house in the trees on the road and uh, it kind of captured it and they gave the all clear and my family that are still below there gave the all clear and I, I just I decided this was going to be something I wanted to share with the world because turned out a lot of people knew Carl Savine a lot of people had a connection with the place a lot of people were taught by him and met him he set up a language school there he got business going there he was just one of these local uh saints one of these people that helped people quietly all the time and uh the song seems to have reconnected a lot of people with the place and with him which is really really gorgeous so yeah as you say yourself every song has its life you know it's five years it's 10 years in the making that one feels like it's older than me it feels like it's it's him basically he just decided here you go that's that's for you now go on make a life for yourself so that's that's where Kells Bay came from it's amazing because it sounds like such an old song it sounds like an old air it sounds like it sounds like a song that you I mean I, I can remember playing it on the radio and I was trying to I was trying to do a bit of research and I was going but where's this song from you know mm. how old is this? you know just trying to place it because seemed familiar it seemed I loved it straight away you know yeah yeah and it's it's had that that um impact on a few people and I I remember seeing Rhiannon Giddens playing a show um in the university concert hall Uh, we were sharing a lineup for this big end of year kind of performance and she talked on stage about how she's reluctant to take too much credit for her work um, even though she's a phenomenal musician and she's worked really hard to, to get to where she's gotten to with the work that she's released recently, she sees it more as she's a vessel that is just channeling these stories. Uh, and, and I know that sounds like such bullshit sometimes, but it's true at the same time, you don't, you're not always conscious of what you're absorbing and what energy you're kind of taking in from a place and, and how much images like that imprint themselves on you. 
um, and people imprint themselves on you, you know, and you wind up when you when you are an artist and you have a creative um, flair, those impressions find their way through you. So there is very much a, without trying to touch into the spirituality of things too much or anything, there is like a, a very reasonable logical way that these things happen that I would I am slow to take credit <laughs> like I, I will gladly say this song is is gorgeous because it's not me I'm talking about it's the place and it's the people so so yeah I don't know I don't know where the tune came from either it kind of just I was messing around on the guitar on the day that I was um learning music for the funeral and it just sort of happened well it's an amazing song whoever wrote it you wrote it. <laughs> whoever you I wrote was it. <laughs> The spirits but even as you tell even even there's some weird familiarity like even as you're telling me the story you know it's almost like i knew the story you know uh i could i could see it i could mm. see what you're telling me you know and it's that's the song you know you can see you can see exactly you can feel the song yeah. i know there's lots of songs you can feel but you can feel that i whatever you did whatever magic you put into that song but um yeah that's something I think I try and achieve as much as I can when you're writing a song like it's it's about like everything needs to work synergistically so like the 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 melody you write and the arrangement you put in there and like you know there's a, a very defined instrumental section in that song and that's there for a reason it's a violin instrumental that Sean Garvey is meant to play someday like that's there for him and it was because Eamon wanted us to play together so that had to be there you know and there's a, something it's um there there's there's so many beautiful traditional songs from Kerry that you could slot in there if you wanted to you know but it was going to be the, the melody of the song but I think when you're writing something as precious as a song about a place like that and people like that yeah there's a there's a lot of heart and a lot of sensitivity that goes into making sure that every word is chosen perfectly and with meaning and with reason and it is authentic to the place and there's no attempts to sound um clever it's just mm. about paying tribute you know but there's even a lightness to the way you deliver it and the way mm. you sing it you know which is it's, lovely it's which... a special thing it's, it's something i love about a lot of the songs i love the most caledonia or lakes Pontchartrain. Mm. there's there's something in those old songs that give you a real sense of you know there's a degree there's a degree of your own imagination creating what you're seeing and, and you you obviously impose your own experiences and memories onto onto lyrics and stories like that but at the same time all the right details are given to you as well that you know there's going to be these common threads that unite whatever you see when you hear a song like that and really really proud that Kells Bay has had that same um, impact on people. Well, if anybody's listening to this uh, and you haven't heard that song, I, I, you have the permission to turn this off and just go and listen to it now <laughs> and come back. You can come back oh, later. second there. Get back here now. I'm telling your story. They'll, uh, they'll end up just listening to that 10 times and forgetting about the podcast. <laughs> I noticed you put up a picture of, um, I think, I think you'd written, had you written down some, some hopes and dreams, some goals, which included, I don't know whether you'd, written it down on a piece of paper or you just tweeted that you had decided that you would like to be make an appearance on Irish television maybe the Late Late Show mm. or Tommy Tiernan or whatever and that was sort of a goal at some point was it the start of the year you decided that was that am I getting the am I getting this mixed yeah, up no you're no it was uh it was I think halfway through last year 
maybe maybe actually I I have lost yeah I don't know when sense yeah. of time I don't know when things have happened the fact that like people are like oh 2021 is off to a great start you know there's lots of good things happening I'm like we said the same thing at the start of 2020 January 2020 was pretty good um I think it was the early enough last year I tweeted out saying I wanted there's a couple of things I tweeted one of them was I wanted to do the late late or the Tommy Tiernan show or Jules Holland one of those I just yeah I wanted to do it I was going to put it out there out to the universe and see what happened because that just for me is a really fun and interesting way of just being specific specific about what you want and being honest about what you want I Mm. think like when you're honest about what you want with people generally they come through and it happens but you have to you have to just be honest about it like um so yeah just put it out there and there was another thing as well that I don't actually know if I'm allowed to talk about oh I'm not sure but I can talk about it in vague terms um but is there they, is is there a de- is there a, is something happening on a date that you can't talk about or no no it's not a date it's just it's a project it's a collaborative project that oh I'm yeah part- talk about it in vague terms I suppose yeah maybe. yeah um I, had I mean I, I mean obviously I'd, I'd love the exclusive the world exclusive of whatever it is see now here's the thing if I knew this was definitely all going to happen and all <laughs> definitely happen the way I wanted to happen I'd be like here you go here's the scoop um but anyway. no, I, I basically I had a goal I wanted to do like this, this work that I want to do specific work and one job that I've wanted to do for a very long time. And I had to be honest with myself about it last year was I want to do like Disney princess vocals. I want to be I want to be the lead vocalist on like an Irish Disney princess type thing. That is something I would love to do. I want to see it happening. I want to see that kind of project, that kind of work happening. And a project has come my way in the past couple of weeks where someone has written a musical about an Irish warrior princess and wants me to be the lead vocalist on it. And they don't follow, they didn't follow me on Twitter. They just came across my music, decided I was the right fit vocally for this job and got in touch. And it was, and I don't know. I don't know where they found me. I must ask them. But uh, the music is beautiful. The story is fascinating. And the writer is brilliant. Um, she's young. She's a young composer. And I'm very excited for her star to rise because um, she's a one woman creative factory. She's she's brilliant. Um, so, so, yeah, I just kind of I'm seeing things happen, which is nice. You see, we apologize for the for being spiritual or for believing in the universe or for putting, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to, you know, like I will often say things on this podcast and I'll preface it by saying, I know this sounds a bit wanky now, but, <laughs> you know, but it's, but it, there's definitely something in it. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, um, another thing I say a lot is, you know, you can pray, you know, pray. If you're praying to catch the bus, you've also got to be running for the bus at the same time. Well, this you know? is it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be lying in bed praying that you'll catch the bus. Uh, so there is mm, that as well. Which I yeah. have done. <laughs> well, I think we've all done that. Yeah. Um, and the, the trick is to realize that that doesn't work. Mm. Um, and are you spiritual or is that just a kind of a... Um, I think in my words I'm not but in my actions 
Um, probably, yeah. It's um, it's something I have struggled with for a very long time because I, you know, I like most people my age, I grew up with 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 faith, with religion. Um, I, you know, I did my first Holy Communion, I did my confirmation, all that stuff. Um, and I remember going to Argentina during my degree. Um, and feeling very homesick and very alone and I went to mass because it was a connection with home um but no I don't think I I I I believe in something I would say um I I and that's not out of a, a sense of hopelessness for the world we live in that's not out of a sense of like there has to be something else but just there there are things that I think are beyond explanation and I think it would be arrogant to assume that what we know is all there is basically i think we there's there's other like the way that some animals can see colors we can't see and some animals can hear sounds we can't hear there's stuff out there that we just don't understand i think and i think i believe in the power of energy mm. i think that's what it is or um, magic or magic mushrooms yeah 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 power of that. energy and magic mushrooms that's going <laughs> to be the name of my book <laughs> But, the, but you see, for, the problem for us is that the 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 Catholic Church ruins spirituality for us. So we have to mm. we kind of have to find it again ourselves. I, I'm going to be sure, yeah. I'm going to be really wanky again. Um, my sister told me to read a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And obviously I'm listening to the audio book because, you know. <laughs> um, but he talks about a man asked Jesus, uh, you know, the the secret to a good life. And he said, live life as if you're a servant and you're waiting for the master. And basically the idea is that you don't know who the master is and you don't know when he's going to come. So you just have to be ready all the time. And oh, it Barry was, Beckett. Yes. Well, yes. But it was so it, it, it was I mean, that's jesus talking that's in the bible mm. um i don't think the catholic church would have i don't think i can't remember a nun coming in and going guys you just need to be you just need to be wide-eyed and ready for your opportunity and aware and live in the now and be mindful you know i don't think that's the, what the message that was delivered to us in classroom no. or in mass but that's essentially that made a lot of that rung true for me because you know it's funny i, I listened to it and then i thought I wonder what is Emma the master? Maybe I, so. I need to pay attention to what she's saying. <laughs> she could be the master. And then Surprise. I was like, and then I was like, I was like, what if I'm talking to Emma and the master comes in the door of the office? And then I have to say, sorry, Emma, this could be the master. <laughs> it can be confusing, but but I like the sentiment. I like the sentiment in that we all we just have to be ready. We have to be our best and ready at all times to yeah to for the opportunity uh, and to live life and, and living life is to make the most of opportunities to come along and to be aware that these are opportunities that are coming along mm. and not to be so, not to be so uh, in, inside our own head that we don't see absolutely. the opportunities, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I love that. Um, I must read that actually. That sounds great. Uh, but there's, I think there's something in like, if you visit Latin American countries, South American countries, uh, countries that still have a very strong grasp of their indigenous kind of roots. You'll find that there's still a very widespread recognition and celebration of what they believe in. 
like the 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 traditions that they they experience there in um in peru i think it is or was it bolivia i think it's bolivia there's these uh marketplaces these these witches markets and they have all these uh little kind of shrines that you can buy that you have in your house and you can sort of manifest what you want for your year so you buy a small little replica um let's say a wedding cake or a little replica house or whatever it is and you burn it so you you put that into the into your little shrine and you burn it i think it's you use sage and stuff and i could be getting this totally arseways now apologies to any bolivians listening Um, (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) and uh, so I think that I loved I loved that I love how it was kind of mainstream behavior in Bolivia that they still do this stuff this kind of Wiccan pagan kind of stuff that I think in Ireland as you say yourself the kind of the the Catholic Church and their grip on us as a society has diluted our connection with faith and with spirituality and it's tarnished it where there is an amazing mystery to the universe and there is all of this stuff that we would have you know our pagan ancestors would have done all of these things the bonfires the halloween stuff Samhain, in bulk bridget's day all of these things that are inherently part of who we are but because we've been told all of that is wrong and you're not allowed like you know down through the hundreds of years we've been told that's wrong they've literally killed some of our pagan saints um we we have it in our in our bones that it's wrong to to kind of witness those things um especially people like bridget who's a really fascinating character in irish um mythology and history and she's now saint bridget obviously and i have no connection to saint bridget but bridget herself i would i'd definitely be interested in celebrating a day in her honor um so yeah i think uh, we definitely have a, a sense of um i don't know what it is it's weird isn't it we we kind of yeah, we feel icky about <laughs> spirituality for some reason. Yeah, but we're such a, we should be, we are, we have it in us, you know, we, yeah. it just got broken along the way. It got disrupted. The Catholic Church got in the way of what should have been a nice kind of mix of spirituality and work ethic. And, you know, I don't think we are at the moment who we were supposed to be. I think we got, mm. I think we got taken off the path a little bit by by somebody else yeah when we when we got you know i don't know we were just blame the english but then when, <laughs> then when when we but then when we got our own independence and we aligned ourselves so strongly with the catholic church that was a big 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 mistake as well mm. what would you buy if you're to go to that market in bolivia or peru and you're to buy some little what would, would you be buying a wedding cake or would you be buying a an oscar or would you be buying a a house or what would you, or would it be like are you is what is success for you um has it changed has it changed I, yeah it has i think um i mean i you know i'd love the security of of all the normal nice traditional things i should be doing at this age but at the same time i think there's I yeah there, there's very specific things I think that I actually do want this year you know I, I I'd love to I'd love just space and time to 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 be able to record and, and create work whenever I want to and at the moment the way life is I don't have that um I often have these sparks of creativity that I 
it's it's like someone um i've got creative blue balls keith is what i'm saying um <laughs> i i keep getting <laughs> teased with these ideas of of writing songs and recording and producing songs but then <laughs> but, th- but then i i can't actually do do the things um and it's frustrating so I think I think I'd buy what would I buy at that marketplace now? Maybe a house, maybe just a house where I can just go and and hide and write and record and not have to talk to anyone unless I wanted to. That'd be the dream. Um, what is success? What's success to you? I don't know. What is? Well, I used to think it was to do with career or jobs or you know. Um getting so far within your own chosen career but i real i've realized in the last while that success is it's not so much happiness it's just contentment that you need to be looking for um so success is contentment i think mm. yeah it's, and i think it, that comes from that that honesty of, of of acknowledging what you want when you want it like it's like contentment is is a much healthier goal to strive for than happiness happiness is such an outward happiness is for the benefit of others contentment is very much an internal thing and I think that does come from being honest with yourself when you're not happy as well and like recognizing it and letting that like I think yeah what I'd like for this year is to to allow those waves of despair and hopelessness and frustration to actually to let them in and to let them wash over you and and move past it then so mm. I've gotten very good at recognizing when I'm down of letting it happen of 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 letting it in but moving past that into something productive is where I struggle so that's that's something I want to do my dog is currently I don't know what she's doing she's scratching at something what are you I think her ball has gone under a shelf and she's trying to get it out <sighs> Is it her? It's not her blue ball. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, but the, the the problem, I suppose, in the music industry, as in a lot of industries, is is financial and trying to get to a point where where you can survive, where you can, you know, you want to, you want the music with 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 lockdown and with COVID. You know, a lot of people found themselves having to sort of. You know, I mean, I would have, I don't have a job now, but I have like side hustles. <laughs> you know, I have to, you have to, you have to change, you have to pivot, you have to do different things, you have to figure it out, you know. Mm. Um, I I presume being able to afford to be a musician is a big part of, of the oh, job yeah. of being a musician. Yeah, 100%. Just got to marry rich, Keith. That's all it is. Okay. Um, Are you putting a shout out now? <laughs> And millionaires out there want to put a ring on my finger. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a real, it's a real privilege to be able to continue to make music. And you know, there's all this ongoing conversation during the pandemic, uh, where on the one side, people saying, "If you're not productive, don't worry about it. You don't always have to be producing stuff. It's fine." And then on the other side, people saying, "It's a privileged position to say that because some of us don't have the choice." And I understand both sides of it. I think there's a misunderstanding about what both sides mean. So the people saying you don't always have to be productive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's more about, you don't always have to, like, if you did something, it doesn't have to be online. Like you don't have to be creating stuff of meaning 
um you don't creating something of meaning doesn't mean it's something grammable like you know and I think that's the issue if you're not existing online are you existing at all if you're not working online are you working at all all that kind of stuff um you can be lying in bed and you can be coming up with ideas you you know there's there's stuff you can be doing that does not need to go on social media um and I think for a lot of people that is the case and 80 percent of our work happens in the shower um or walking the dog or hanging out with the clothes um while the back room of your brain is still working um but it's been a it's been a very tricky time striking a balance and similarly loads of side hustles have kept me going like I've done a load of random corporate work where second who was this um some big limerick company factory thing asked me to do like a zoom concert and it paid decently and I was like yeah absolutely I'll I'll do this weird corporate thing where your staff are on zoom watching me perform in a random spare room sure no bother and like why not it's not necessarily creatively enriching but it's work and that's the shite you have to keep doing because otherwise you just literally cannot survive yeah, and also I'm also like, very lucky I will say like during the pandemic I was living at home in my parents house and they weren't charging me rent like that is not a privilege everyone has I'm about to move in into, into an apartment in the next couple of weeks which is going to be a chunk out of my bank account every month for the first time in a while um so uh, yeah I'm very lucky to have my patreon people got that <laughs> and those corporate gigs get that uh, limerick company back on the phone do a weekly you could do a weekly gig for yeah. them yeah Hundred percent. Give me that. Uh, most companies have some kind of a community. Uh, They've got like a fund. They've got an yeah. entertainment fund. Yeah. <laughs> give it to me. All to me. They, they have to give money back to the community, so it's part yeah. of their. It's part of their thing. You just need to. You just need to be the person getting the money. Um. So. Uh. So that's it. So, are you hopeful for the future? I, I actually, I wanted to ask you about. The support, because there seems to be there's a weird thing in Ireland whereby artists are we are there law so sorry he doesn't, he doesn't like the word artists. <laughs> My manager has said I'm not allowed to answer this question. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Willow, stop it. Come here. Come here. Jesus Christ. She's very protective. <laughs> don't <One>. ask <laughs> yes any difficult questions you start barking uh that we our artists are lauded and praised and we love the fact that we are like this island of saints scholars musicians you know um and we we, we send so much good work out to the world and we're so creative and, and all that kind of stuff but we don't financially support our musicians and our we expect them to just you know as I, I remember some guy on, on Twitter giving out about, I don't know what he was saying about artists needing support, you know, during this difficult time or whatever it was. And he was like, I would shut up there, blah, blah, blah. He was giving out. I said, I said, do you understand that like Electric Picnic would just be a load of fields if it wasn't for artists and performers? Mm. And, you know, so we take it for granted a lot of the time. But Irish people... I don't know if we're great at supporting when the chips are down. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I mean, 
it's definitely gotten better. I think this this past few months have been a real wake up call for a lot of people in terms of how much they value and need actual live in person performance. Um, it's an interesting one because uh, I've had a theory around this for a while, and I'm still kind of working out the kinks. But everyone in Ireland is a musician. Not uh, like that's a sweeping generalization, but in terms of per capita. I would say we have more musicians in Ireland than any other country, um, possibly in the world. I don't, I don't know, but well, no, okay. There's in you know places in Africa and India and South America. There, are, you know, huge, huge volumes of creative musicians and and community musicians and folk musicians, all that kind of stuff. But Ireland has a huge, huge percentage of musicians, and 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 it's not always a conscious thing. Um, but we're surrounded by people busking there's music in every shop you go into um, even if it's music there's always music playing you know there's always something um, even our talk radio still goes into music like you know there's you know there's this music everywhere to the point that we do as a nation take for granted that music needs to be paid for and in other countries, like in Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, you don't really see buskers as much. You might see someone come out with a grand piano in the middle of a big square and play something. But you're not going to see buskers as frequently as you do in Ireland, where you've got four guys on guitars lined up a street playing you tunes. Um, so Wonderwall. we're surrounded by it at all times. <laughs> Wonderful. Over and over again in canon. Um, like every pub you go into here, you're going to have a session going on in the corner and it's free. This music is available for free all the time to the point that uh, there is an attitude that I think is kind of drilled into a lot of us. Sure. Why would I pay a ticket to go see a band if I can go down the pub and hear a band for free? Why? Like, I don't need to go to a gig tonight because there's tunes I can just throw on Spotify in my house and have a session. Um, And I think it's just become part of our psyche or or it had. And then in the past year, I think things have really turned around for the for the good so now people really understand you know artists literally if we're not gigging and if you're not buying tickets to go see us gig we cannot exist we just can't people will do other jobs because we need and and that's why you see an awful lot of artists going touring outside of ireland as well like the gig fees elsewhere are generally just much better but now there's funding which makes gig fees much better but we don't have an audience so it's sad and the the brits won't be allowed to tour now so they'll have difficulty mm, that's touring. so shite yeah it's, it is very hard for the for the british artists and crew but what will they do they're going to go yeah. for irish crew instead which is uh that's true actually yeah, i hadn't thought about that you know, um yeah it's it's a it's a strange time for for all that kind of stuff i know that i think france have offered a unilateral visa for artists medics various people to work in france um f- people from the uk whatever even though britain themselves turned down turned, yeah. the new offer yeah france are going nuts grand lads <laughs> yeah pretty much that's god yeah it's gonna be it's it'll be great once this whole thing finishes and covid is gone we're all vaccinated you'll be there'll be gigs up the wazoo <laughs> you won't be able to move for a gig i hope uh, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out, Emma, and um, best of luck with everything in the future. And thanks for the music so far. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And I really enjoyed chatting to you. There you go. That was the uh, wonderful and lovely and amazingly brilliant Emma Langford. 
uh, an amazing voice and amazing songwriter. Um, she has a podcast as well. It's called The Limerick Lady Podcast, a podcast recorded in Limerick City, a discussion around gender representation and equal opportunities in the creative industries, hosted by Anne Blake and Emma Langford. Hi, Charlie. Charlie's burst in the door. There's a jacket hanging on the door, and he freaked himself out because the jacket started moving. So he's in a strange place. Charlie's the dog, by the way. Um, so yeah, the Limerick Lady podcast is another way that you can find another way that you can find and support Emma Langford. Uh, she has a website as well. Let me just make sure I have this correct. I think it's Emma Langford Music. I will sing as I find the thing. Um, yeah, EmmaLangfordMusic.com. Emma Langford is a is a treasure in Ireland's music scene. Louise Bruton, The Irish Times, mature, assured, and eminently listenable, frothing with melodic, 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 melodic charm and lyrical intrigue. Folk Radio UK. Janice Ean says, I absolutely love her music and the way she thinks. She's someone I hope to work with myself one day. I wish I'd discovered Emma Langford sooner. Now I'll have all this catching up to do. But Janice, you've all that music ahead of you, which is great. Um, her album Sewing Acorns is out, obviously, and you can listen to her music on Spotify. Um, the song, the one song that we were talking about during that let me just see if I can uh, I might just add it into the description of the podcast there it is there it's um it's beautiful Winding Way Down to Kells Bay. Just, as I said, it just seems like a song that's been around forever. It's beautiful. And uh, she sings it so well. Um, thanks, Emma. Thanks for your time. That's it for me. Uh, I will have to, I will be putting up another podcast this evening. It's me talking to my friend Mike, who is also in Limerick. No, he's not. He's from Limerick. He's in Clare, um, where he lives now, but he's from Limerick, so it's all... It's all about Limerick, isn't it, this evening? Uh, me and my friend Mike having the chats. That's the other podcast I will put up tonight. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the podcast, there is a um, a link, a supporters link. You just hit the link and go, come on the podcast. Come on the podcast. You can uh, click on the link uh, in the description of the podcast and you can donate some money. Not You don't need to, it doesn't need to be much like 50 grand 100 grand two, 250,000 max a million max uh, whatever you can afford uh, if you can't afford anything it's free anyway but if you do like it and you want to throw us a few quid that would be very much appreciated and uh, it would go towards buying me a new mic pop shield so you don't have to listen to me going um, yeah do if you do like the podcast do like it Subscribe to us. I'm trying to remember all the things I have to tell you to do. Tell your friends about it. Write a review. Uh, if you're going to give us a few, if you're going to give us a review, make sure it's five stars. And the more people that listen, the better for the podcast. And this is 
a part of the Acast network. So thank you very much, as always, to Acast for their support. Um, I have a, a Happy Pair podcast coming up next week, I think. A Happy Pair podcast. An interview with the Happy Pair on my podcast. That's the right way to say it. That's something to look forward to. You see, I'm forward selling them now. I tell you, when you get into when you get to episode fifty-one, you start finding your stride, tempo thing. Um, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you want to email the show, you can keithwalshpod at gmail dot com or keithwalsh.watch at gmail dot com, and I will see you soon. I don't know where or how, but you'll hear me soon. Mind yourselves and. Don't get the COVID. Okay? Stay at home. Good luck. Bye. See you later. See you later.